If you're feeling lost or stuck and you don't know which direction you want to take your career or which programs you should be studying in school, you need to listen to this episode with Sarah from Careergasm. She is a career coach that shares so many tips to help take the edge off this decision and to get you connected to the right path forward. Take a listen. people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. And welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer, and I am your host and Gap Year expert. On today's show, we have the incredible Sarah here from Careergasm. Um, she's going to bring just such a unique perspective to our conversation today. Um, she's got everything under her belt when it comes to figuring out your career, finding out something that's really going to connect you with something that you're excited about, that you love doing. Uh, and that's what the world is all about, isn't it? That's, sure is. That's what I think. Um, so Sarah, can you give us a little bit of background on how you ended up where you're at today? Sure. Um, well, I'm a career coach. I'm the founder of a company called Careergasm. I'm a former professor at a business school. Um, and I write about careers at places like Forbes and Inc and Entrepreneur and a bunch of places. And I, I have a, this whole section of my business that helps specifically young people figure out what they want to do with their career. And the truth is, I never thought I would be doing this kind of work. What happened is I had a bunch of my career change clients say, my kid is struggling too. Do you think you could adapt this program to help my kid figure out what they want to go to school for or what they want to do after school? And so a couple of years into my business, I found myself working with a lot of young people, helping them get unstuck. Uh, and I've hung on to that work because I love it so much. I love that you use the word unstuck because that's something that we talk about a lot. There's this sense of being like, well, I don't know where to go and I'm not even spinning my wheels. Like I'm just stuck in this big muddy puddle um, and it's thick and gooey and it's confusing and I don't know which direction to go. So that idea of getting unstuck, I think will really resonate with, with the audience for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a word I use a lot with, with my folks of all ages, because, you know, truly so many people out there, like we want to feel clear about what we want. We want to have a path. And when you don't know what you want, or when you're afraid of making the wrong choice, you do feel really, I mean, sometimes not even stick. Sometimes I suck. I would say sometimes paralyzed is a more accurate description of that feeling. Yeah. And I like that you touched on the, the fear of making the wrong decision, yeah. because I think that's something that we've created this really strong narrative that you have to have it all figured out. 
that um, that there's one path to happiness and success. And um, I know in my experience that that's not true, but that fear of going down a path that isn't going to lead to the final destination. For some reason, a lot of young people and, and their parents too have this that same idea. So I'm wondering if you could touch on that a little bit, that fear of making the wrong decision. Yeah. Um, that's, that's true for people of any age when they're thinking about making a change, but there is that extra pressure for a young person when they're just on the precipice of their education and choosing a career. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, when they're 17 or 18, oh my God, I'm going to be choosing something that will impact me for the rest of my life. And so maybe I can talk about framing that decision a little bit, because truth is, um, the career world has changed a lot since folks like you and I were 17 and 18, choosing to decide what to go to school for. The, the idea of a, a very linear career path, it's not really how it works anymore. I call it the conveyor belt career. <laughs> how it used to work is like you're 17 or 18, you choose something to go to school for, you sort of hang on that conveyor belt for four years or so going through school, and then it spits you at the other end and you just hop onto a highway with a straight shot into that career. That's kind of actually how things used to work, but it's not how it works anymore. So these younger folks, understandably, and their parents also, understandably, it's almost like we've been socialized um, to believe that that's how careers should work. And so the pressure of that belief paired with the fact that that no longer, that's no longer how it works causes a lot of, um, gosh, just like a lot of um, stressful emotions in people. The truth is the way I like to think about navigating a career is more like um, if you think of a river with a series of stepping stones across it, that's actually more what it's like. It's like you, you take your best step, you choose something and move a little bit forward and then you reassess things. You're like, okay, which thing do I want to step to next? Maybe it's this way. Maybe it's that way. Maybe it's forward in the same direction. And it's sort of navigating step by step instead of knowing your exact GPS coordinates and knowing how to get there. Because the truth is there are very few careers that require you to have a very specific degree or diploma or training to get to that career. I always tell my clients, sure, there's careers where you go in the front door, but there's also lots where you go through the basement, the attic window, the side entrance. There's lots of different ways to get to where you want to go. I, I agree 100%. I have a, a degree in biology chemistry. Um, that's not even what I'm doing, not even close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I always encourage young people to do a survey of the, the adults in their, in their network and say, just go talk to 10 people, ask them what they went to school for and what career they're in right now. And the, the numbers, it's like, not even close to 50%. Not even close. In fact, I'll, I'll give you the actual number. Oh, 75, 75% of people do something that's different than what they went to school for. And I'll throw another crazy stat at you. 93% of people at the age of 25 have different career goals than they had at 17. So that means that most people are coming out of school and going, uh, this isn't the path I want to be on. And then they're panicking afterwards. So it's, I guess the reason I want to share that is because I really want to normalize, like help normalize this idea that you don't have to have the whole path figured out right when you're a student graduating from high school, because the truth is, even if you do know what you want, a lot of that stuff will likely change over time. So it sort of just, it sort of softens the edges of that kind of pressure. 
Yeah, I love that. And I see that with with some of these young people on gap years, even when they come and they start their gap year in June, they've got one idea and then they get out there and they test things and they try things and they realize, you know what? No, that's not the way that I wanted to go. So even in the span of two or three months, they've got new ideas and they're inspired in new ways and looking at new directions. And I think that that's so rejuvenating to have a stat to back that up and say, you're not way out there on a limb that this is a normal process for you to go through. And it makes sense when you think of like brain development and you think of the exposure that you get after high school, because in high school, you kind of know you could be a teacher, a nurse, a lawyer, a doctor, a firefighter. And like, that's about it because that's (laughs) what you see, but there is so, so much out there. So I think that that's really great. So then as a as somebody who is maybe coming into those decisions, what are some of the things within their power that they should be thinking about as they're making some of those decisions to alleviate some of that stress or to make, um, I'm going to use air quotes, like the best decision, because that's what people are always <laughs> saying. I want to make the best decision. Yeah. Uh, they know there's no right or wrong, but they want to make the best one. So what, what would you advise in that situation? Yeah, so a lot of the young people I work with, their biggest source of stress actually um, is fear of letting someone else down. Um, So fear of letting a parent down or fear of choosing something that, you know, maybe a guidance counselor or a teacher has lovingly suggested might be a good fit for them, but there's just something in them that feels like, ah, that doesn't, I don't know if that feels right. Or they just feel like a sick feeling in their stomach when they think about moving in that direction. And so A lot of the people I help have this, it's not even necessarily just figuring out what they want. It's also parsing out how to handle the various uh, unsolicited opinions around them, um, often from very loving, well-intentioned people, but it adds this extra layer of pressure to the decision um, about which, which direction to go in. And so one of the best things a young person can do for themselves is get really clear about which ideas are theirs and which ideas were given to them by someone else um, with like a gentle, gentle, loving nudge. And even sometimes gentle, loving nudges are going to push you in the wrong direction. So just finding a way to figure out what your internal sense of what you want is um, to see if, if that's maybe perhaps a bit different than what you've been um not necessarily told to do, but maybe encouraged to do. That's a hard thing for a young person to work out because if you think about it, you know, for the first two decades of a person's life, they have all of these people around them lovingly caring for them to make sure that they don't wander into traffic and to make sure that they eat three meals a day, right? And there's something that happens in your late teens and early 20s where you sort of have to find a way to find your your own voice and your own path while maintaining the relationships with those loving people around you. And so it's, it's, it's really important to, to find a way to figure out what your own internal voice is telling you versus what the voices around you might be telling you. Yeah, I think we sometimes have a hard time separating them because they they surround us in every way and whether it's from someone we love or a statistic we read uh, about a particular salary perhaps or that 
artists are never going to make any money or all of these societal biases that also Mm -hmm. impact our our thought process. Um, And it's, it's really noisy in grade 12 and, and there are so many things happening that it's hard to get quiet, to be able to pull all of those things apart, to figure out what is that, that true self that, that you're looking for. And I think that's one of the benefits of a gap year is instead of that, like one month stressful period where you got to decide where you're going to apply and what you're (laughs) going to do because you left it to the last minute, um, you get that whole year to really sit down and to make space to be quiet, to make space to be reflective, to make space to, to piece those things out a little bit more. Um, and that's only one of the benefits, but I agree 100%. And we've even built, we have a, a support program called the Gap Your Game Plan. And that's one of the activities is writing oh, down amazing. your goals mm-hmm. and then actually putting what is, what is an expectation that's been put on you by a family member or a loved one or by society and what is actually truly your goal. So um, it's nice to know that we're, we're on the same page with that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important because especially at that age, it's just, there's just a lot of pressure um, coming from inside, coming from outside in all directions. So yeah, you've got it right for sure. Yeah. No, that's so wonderful. Um, So aside from that quiet time as a career coach, as a career professional, what are some things that you think a young person could do on their gap year that might either help them figure it out or get them on the right path or uh, a wise way of spending that time? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two things come to mind. And so whether you're on a gap year or maybe still in school, um, two things that are really helpful for people to do. One of them you've already suggested, and that is, I don't think you use this word, but dabbling. Um, you know, exploring, trying things out, um, you know, picking up a certain kind of part-time job, taking an extra class, doing a workshop. And I think dabbling is really helpful because it helps you see if your ideas about a certain thing are what that is actually like, right? Because sometimes we get these maybe over glamorized or, or overly harsh even ideas about what a certain thing is. And until you try it on and like sort of live in that world a little bit, um, or at least peek inside the window with a class or something, um, it's really hard to know if your ideas about what something is, is what it's actually like. So dabbling is really important. Um, And there's all sorts of ways to do that. It's just getting a little closer and a little more information about the thing that you're interested in or curious about. And then the second thing that's really important, I have all of my clients do informational interviews. And that might sound very formal, but an informational interview is just a chill conversation with someone, maybe for half an hour, asking them about whatever work you're curious about. So if you're someone who's curious about, well, I don't know, writing, you find a couple of writers doing different kinds of writing in the world to see like, oh, okay, it sounds like this kind of writing, this is what it's like. I know this kind of writing is this way. And so you you explore that for a few a few professions just to sort of see, again, if your assumptions about what that kind of path is like is what it's actually like and it's very informative um you know it's not always easy to reach out to strangers to ask to pick their brain so some people will certainly say no or not even get back to you Um, but a lot of people will say yes and they're always very loving kind people who are willing to give someone a bit of their time and it just helps you 
I don't know, helps you make better decisions that feel safer after you've spoken to some people who are out there doing the thing that you're curious about. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And sometimes when I'm invi- advising people in their gap years and their planning, um, we actually break it down into to one month segments. Um, say, okay, for September, I want you to focus on baking. That's, that's one of the things you want to explore. So can you take a free course in baking? Can you do five informational interviews with different people in different fields? Um, can you find a part-time job or an internship or, or some sort of hands-on experience or volunteer and then, and then pivot and shift and, and test out the next career in the next month. And it allows them to really dig in because I think what a lot of people's think, especially with your like writing career, um, you get very, very narrow ideas of what a potential career in writing could be. Whereas if you're also interested in science, you could be a scientific writer or a science communicator, or you could go into journalism, or you could like, there are just so many different things within that field that you don't even know exist. And I find that's what's especially valuable about talking to people out there doing the work. And a great question to ask them is, you know, are there some areas of science or writing, for example, that like, maybe I don't know about, like, can you tell me what some of your colleagues do and what, what other people are doing in science? And a lot of my clients come back to me after going through this process and they have found other areas of interest that they didn't even know about that feel even shinier than the thing that they were originally interested in. And it's something that only happens through those conversations. Yeah. And I think it can also highlight different educational pathways to get you where you want to go as well. I've worked with lots of gappers that are on the, like the medicine track and they're like, I want to be in medicine. And so they think doctor, they think a bazillion years in school to become that degree. And through those conversations and those explorations, they realize, no, it's actually public health that they're interested in. And that's a whole other educational pathway. Um, And they've saved themselves tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> in 10 years of their lives by discovering that ahead of time um, and, and being able to pick the educational pathway that's going to match the, the desired outcome for that first career. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something that I think is interesting and that's like save, saving the time that would have maybe been spent going down the wrong path. And that's just sort of reminding me, perhaps we should talk about making a change mid path as well. Cause that's often a very painful process for people. Um, and I guess I'll just say, I think it's very, very valuable if you find yourself on a path or let's say in a program for school that isn't feeling right for you and you feel like you need a timeout or you need to sort of like make a different decision about a path. I think that's always a very good thing to do instead of trying to push through to the finish <laughs> That's what most people try to do because they feel like there's something wrong with them if they change mid-course. But the truth is changing mid-course is a very, it's, it's a brave thing to do. And it's a smart thing to do because you don't want to waste years of your life. And if you're in school, let's say tens of thousands of ex- dollars of extra money going down a path that doesn't feel right when you could just pivot midstream into the thing that feels better for you. And I think that's, that's a, that's a tough thing for people to do, but I think it's, I think it's always a good decision when you can say no to something that feels bad. 
Yeah. And I think while it takes bravery to do it, it's also a muscle and it's a skill that's going to serve you in the long run as well, because at some point you may find yourself in a career that's, that's causing that same rub and you have to make that same decision. And if you, if you've already done that once, you might have something to base that off of. Um, It can parlay into relationships. It can parlay into so many things where you have to learn to trust yourself. And that's the, the flip side of it, not only being brave, enough to do it, but also listening to yourself um, to know deep down inside that this doesn't feel right. And I'm going to do something about it. And I think that we, again, are are trying to please somebody else, or we're trying to um, check those boxes, like, oh, well, it's just, it's just six more courses. It's just one more year. I'll just do it because I'm so close. Um, And those don't necessarily always translate into um, feeling good about it at the and yeah. And like, you're right. Like it's, it's often doesn't translate into feeling good about it at the end. You usually arrive burned out. Well, I'll tell you, I, the clients I get are the people who, who come finish out of school are burned out from pushing through something they hated and now don't want to work in the field that they went to school for. So they're still feeling lost and stuck. Right. Um, but I'll mention something here that probably really speaks to the importance of the work that you guys do. Um, and that is that, you know, sometimes when you, Sometimes there's a a space, a gap um, between knowing what you don't want and knowing what you do want. And um, very often I have clients who have to let go of the thing that feels bad. So in this instance, maybe it's like a program at school um, and they need a bit of time before they can figure out what feels good. Um, And so the work you're doing with people in that gap year is so important um, because sometimes you need to recover from the thing that felt painful. Sometimes you need time and space to figure out what matters to you. Um, and so time is an, a, is an important component for some people. Yeah, I would agree. And I want to encourage people, obviously this is the work that I do, but I, I do it because I believe so strongly in it that this, this concern about falling behind Mm. Um, is, is just so fascinating to me because people want to push forward because they don't want to fall behind and yet they end up at the end and they're lost. Whereas somebody who proactively took that time or paused to get things figured out and sorted out, they leapfrog ahead of the people (laughs) that we're pushing through because they have a better sense of, of who they are and where they're going. And, I'll say that about 30% of the people that we work with are mid post-secondary, which is, which is a pretty significant number or, or, or have just graduated their undergraduate degree, similar to the people that you're working with. Um, And they just don't know what to do, or they, they don't know what their plan B is, or they don't know what their, their next steps are. Um, And taking that intentional pause um, to, to make space and to make time and to test things out um, is just uh, such a wise idea. You have to be bold, you have to be brave, but you also means that you're wise. Yeah. And, and like not even just taking the time and I'm sure you do this with your folks as well, but also like doing all of the work around the emotions that sort of make us feel stuck. I know a lot of the clients I work with, they, they really truly feel like they don't know what they want, but it's interesting. As soon as we start working on the emotions, all the fears and anxieties and pressures and sort of working through that stuff, all of a sudden sort of their desires start to sort of like bubble up to the surface and they're no longer sort of pushing them down subconsciously. 
Um, and so, you know, time plus, you know, doing uh, some personal development work around thoughts and emotions is such a potent combo for getting unstuck, particularly as you're trying to figure out what you do want. Yeah. And I'm sure you see it with your clients as well, but the difference when you have those conversations and all of a sudden they come to life, like they're (laughs) a completely different person. Um, They're, they're, they're talking, they're talking, and then you, you hit a nerve of some kind and their body language changes and their voice changes and this energy comes back. And uh, I think sometimes that's the most rewarding work where you're like, where did that come from? Let's, let's yeah, it's almost like you can see the light bulb go on over their head. Right. Um, it's a really beautiful thing. And, you know, you're right. It often happens in those, those deeper conversations. I mean, I can tell you as a career coach, I think there's something really wrong with a lot of things in the career coaching world, because, you know, of course, this is my biased opinion, but a lot of the work out there is very like tactical, very strategic. It's great for people who know what they want and they just need a resume polish or someone to help them with job search or whatever. But there's, there's not many people out there helping with this, like, emotional stuckness stuff. And, you know, I've been doing this work for almost 10 years now, and I really feel like the answer to getting unstuck, at least 50% of the work is the emotional stuff. If it's, it's like this invisible, it's like this invisible, um, it's almost like a two track system. It's the invisible track beyond figuring out what you want. That second track is figuring out the emotional stuff and the thoughts and the beliefs and working through it so that you can just soften the edges of that stuff and move forward. Yeah. I love it. And and that's sometimes the scary stuff because Mm -hmm. we haven't created a society where we embrace that as much as we could. It's not taught in schools. We don't, we don't have that when we sit down with our guidance counselor, they're like, okay, let's look at your grades. Let's look at the, the uh, income levels of all of the different careers. What do you have? Um, And and those other places remain a little bit untouched. Um, So it, it takes some practice. Um, and, and often some guidance, whether that's a self-help book, whether that's working with a career coach, whether that's um, partnering up with a really good friend or, or finding some journaling activities that are really, really helpful for you. Um, but I know that I was a terrible person with reflection. Uh, it mm. took me till my master's where, so, so again, like biology, chemistry person, very, very left brain, right and wrong, black and white. And, um, my first paper in my master's was a reflection paper and I handed it in and they handed it right back and said, that is not a reflection paper. <laughs> that is, you have to do this again. And I said, excuse me, I'm a 90 student. <laughs> <laughs> I hit all of the things on the rubric. This is, and, and it was such an awakening for me and really fired up the work that I do now, because if I can give that gift to somebody 10 years before I received it, um, that I would feel like I'm doing a good job because it's completely changed the way that I approach life. And it's completely changed my satisfaction level with everything in my life and, um, just makes life a lot smoother. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, I'm sure you really at the time wanted, wanted to do reflection, right? It's not that you didn't want to do it, but sometimes it's hard to do, you know, introspective reflection if you don't have a container or a very specific structure for it, which is why I think the work that you do and the work I do is so important because we give people a structure to, to sort of step-by-step go through the reflective process to help them figure out what path is right for them. 
And sometimes it's just so much easier when you have um, a little bit of structure um, spread out over time to help you get where you want to go instead of this big canyon called reflection that you're supposed to do by yourself. Yeah, you get a failing grade when you do it that way. <laughs> I'm living proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> so we we know that you and I provide this, this framework, um, but for that's not for everyone or some people need some additional resources. So I know you've got a book. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on that a little bit and how that might be able to help or, or what are some of the gems in it that might... Uh, give people some some other places to to plant those first seeds. Sure, um, I have two books. One is called Career Gasm, and that's for career changers who are a little older. But I have a book called Career Rookie, which is probably the folks listening to this podcast is probably what they are interested in. Um, it's a book for students and grads who feel super freaking lost and don't know what they want, and it's just a, I guess a container to help them. Um, you know, I ask a lot of questions for them to think about in the book. There's lots of little exercises that they can do um, to help them figure out not only like the how of getting onto a path, but more specifically, and in my opinion, more importantly, the what of figuring out what they want, what's important to them. Also, what's the stuff that drives them crazy that they want to stay away from? Whose careers do they never want to have? Who are the people that they know that they're like, oh, I don't want to have that person's life at all. Because I think it's helpful to have a balance of knowing what you want and what you don't want mm -hmm. so that you don't inadvertently sort of stumble on to the wrong path. So that book is full of exercises to help you figure out what you want and how to start moving towards it. Um, and I have a program as well called Career Rookie just for those folks to take them through those exercises in a deeper way. Amazing. And from experience, do the exercises in <laughs> books. Like, again, my super left brain is like, well, I read the bullet points in the summary. Let's move on to the next chapter. I need more information. Um, and I don't need more information. I have enough information. I need to think about it. <laughs> I need yeah. to do those activities. So yeah. Um, from lived experience, do the activities, take the time, buy yourself a fancy pen, a fancy notebook, uh, whatever it takes, burn it afterwards if you, if you so need to, <laughs> whatever it takes, but get in there and, and do activities and, and spend the time because it, uh, it will help you untangle that mess that's in your head. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much like that too. I, I really have to write stuff down if I'm going to process it. So making lists and writing stuff down and answering questions is always how I personally feel like I move forward whenever I feel stuck too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, clearly you are a wealth of information. Uh, so if folks wanted to get a hold of the book or they wanted to follow you, get more information about your programs, how can they do that? Um, they can find me at careergasm.com. Um, there's actually a free three-day course there that they can take. So if anyone listening, young or old, feels stuck right now, there's a great course that's free for three days to help you figure out what you want. Um, and I'm at Careergasm on all social media. Amazing. Well, Sarah, this has been such a great conversation. Clearly, uh, we will be connecting and working more in the future together. Uh, we're so <laughs> on the same page about so many things. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure and sending lots of love to your listeners. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.